I want to start off by, by, I believe that the Lord wants to fill people afresh and renewed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Are you there? Um, and as I, as I say that, of course, this morning, um, we, were, we were launching Vision Sunday, and this is Vision Sunday as we are going into a, a new term. And um, I said, I think I said the morning, uh, the second term, but it's the third term, right? And the time is flying. This year is flying by. And what I want to do, maybe just as a start off, I just want to show you that slide of the four bubbles quickly. And then we're going to go into Scripture. I want you tonight to, to make a demand upon your breakthrough. Can I say that again? Make it a demand upon the breakthrough that you want from the Lord. And if not that, then make it a demand that you want to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Are you there? And uh, as I showed this morning, I, I don't know if, uh, who were there or who were here this morning, who were not. So I want to share this nonetheless. Behind me is, is four bubbles and I, and I wanted to go through it just quickly tonight again in this evening evening service that everybody are just on the same page as the morning services and of course our online community as well and i wanted to bring you just up to date of where we are as a church and what's busy happening on a national scale and what the lord is busy doing so first and foremost that bubble right in the middle is empower churches and um i said it this morning and i wanted to say it again tonight is that of course, this is Jerusalem. This is our, our, our um, Pretoria is our Jerusalem. And we have last year at about end of, I think it was end of August, beginning September, we planted Durban. And as we planted Durban, um, we planted that church of about 120 people plus minus um, in Westville. And that church has grown rapidly under uh, Pastor Ruan and Lana, which is a son and daughter. And it's reached a place now where they have, they, we've got three services in, in Durban. And of course, we've reached a place now in Durban where there are between six to 700 people on a Sunday. Um, and the church has grown rapidly in Durban. Um, and we have reached a place in Durban where we're going to go to a next dimension or next step. We have to. And we're just waiting on the Spirit of the Lord to unveil that next step for us. Uh, do we go bigger? What must we do there? Because of course, the pattern is, is large. Oh, the pattern is mega. We are a big church of school and everything else. And so the mold is big. And then all the pattern that God is busy doing in the nation is big. And by the way, I'm saying this because I want you to understand that we don't do things in this church just because we want to do them. But God gives us a, uh, a word. And Durban was a word from the Lord. God came to me in a dream. God came to me in a vision, spoke to me and said, I want you to, to go to Durban. And this was under the time of COVID. And uh, I, there's many things to say to that. But eventually we planted at the end of last year. And the good news is that church has grown rapidly. Um, and thank be to God. Who of you know that you build a church around Jesus, Jesus will fill the house. Are <laughs> you there? Um, and then about three months ago, we planted our church in Somerset West in Cape Town. Uh, and we initially started with a, a core group of about 70 people. And that church has grown now in the last three months to about um, anything. I think the normal average attendance, I would not lie if I say uh, this morning, for example, they were just under 150 adults. And so it's between that and about 200 people, depending who's there. And, and the point is that Jesus has doubled that church and is adding to that church rapidly and quickly. And we're excited about, uh, about Cape Town. Um, and of course, what we believe the Lord has called us to do is, um, is to plant churches. And the next step or the next church that we will plant is, um, is definitely Port Elizabeth because that's what the Lord has spoken to us. So we will move there when the time is right. To plant a church is one of the, um, I must say, uh, must, one of the most effective ways to, to enlarge or to increase the space that God has given to us. Because when you plant a church and you start with the message of Jesus or the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, what actually happens over time, people become family, then the kingdom gets, gets in, involved. And as soon as people hit family phase, for example, like Cape Town, they've just hit that, that, that leadership, they are strong. And because the leadership, they are strong, we are training them up. And as we are training them up, what's busy happening, they're shifting to family. And as I said this morning, when you shift to family, you shift to kingdom. 
What is kingdom? It is a supernatural element of the Word of the Lord coming into place, signs, wonders, miracles. And when that happens, the floodgates go open. And so with Cape Town, definitely in September, uh, most likely we will go to two services because as I say, um, the current space there is already uh, 60-70% full and there's a rule in church. Once your church hits that, you must grow. But as for Pretoria, and I wanted to update you here, in the beginning of the year, we said we will plant Cape Town and we did that by the grace of God. And secondly, in the beginning of the year, I said to you, we will uh, advance the school to a high school. Um, and we started with those first two grades in our high school as well. And now um, I'm just saying this because I want you to know that what we say, we do by the grace of God. Are you there? And we try to stay in step with the Holy Spirit all the way. And now we've hit that third phase and that will be the bubble that is on there at the bottom part. And that is the children development here in Pretoria. In our morning services, we have about 700 children that attend here. That's in our children's church. That's not the church, of course. That's the kids that come. About 700 children. Now, other people call that a church. We call it our children's church. Um, and so, but I have a heart to see children being reached. I have a heart to see young people being reached because I, I believe that there's something very significant about young people that God wants to do in this area. Come on, I, does, do I have an amen for anybody here? Um, and I believe especially uh, between students, young adults and youth and the children's church, God's going to do something significant. Um, and we're already seeing it. And so what we want to do, our next step here in Pretoria is going to be that we're going to enlarge uh, what we do for the children. And that means we're going to build. Um, and we have to go to the next step. We have to enlarge the space so that God can bring more. And this is the awesome thing about children. Once you hit the children, there's two people connected to them. It's called parents. Are you there? So what we're already after is the harvest, but we're going to take it through the children. And so I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later on in this in the sermon again, uh, or as, as we speak tonight. But really, I want to go to that next phase. We want to enlarge the space uh, of our, our dwelling, if you will. We want to enlarge what we're doing here. We always want to keep on doing. Why am I sharing these things with you tonight? Because you're not in a dormant church, you're in a very active church. We are constantly want to take new territory for the King. Because once you truly met Jesus Christ, it's your last day that you're going to be comfortable with average. Okay, that was a good place to say amen. Once you meet the King, it will be the last time you're going to dream small. The King wants territory. And so we always want to have more territory. Then behind me as well, that slide will speak about EBI. EBI stands for Empowered Bible Institute. And I want to encourage you really very strongly that uh, please join Empowered Bible Institute. It kicks off the 25th of July. Um, and we have seen thousands of people go through our Bible school. I think it's into the thousands. We have broken every record in terms of equipping. And the reason why Empowered Bible Institute is so important for me is because the Scripture says, equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that they may grow up into the head, which is Christ Jesus. We have a responsibility to equip the people with the Word of the Lord. Amen. And then what you'll also see behind me is, of course, new members. Um, that is, and the reason why I say that tonight before I get into my sermon is because this Saturday coming is new members. And as I said this morning, I want to say again tonight, to be in the church doesn't mean you're a member of the church. We want you to become a member of the church. And that means that you will have to go through the foundation of the faith. What is the foundations of the faith? Repentance, forgiveness, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, flowing in the gifts, deliverance, worship, hearing the voice of God, being a tither, being a giver. We want you to have the basics in place, the laying on of hands, etc. May I say these are foundations to the faith and they will never change. And if you want to be part of our church, this church, Empower Church National, then you have to become part of this church through membership. Amen. Um, and then as well, of course, if you join on Saturday night, Sunday night, we'll already be baptizing people. Amen. Okay, so uh, it's moving forward. And then the last thing that's there is life groups. And I'm going to speak about that tonight as we go. So if we will, can we get into the Word of the Lord? Matthew chapter number 3 and verse number 11. I want to start there tonight because I believe that the Lord wants to baptize people afresh and anew. 
And the reason why I want to start here tonight is because I believe that as we sit here tonight, we have every one of us. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, the, the mission will never change. Okay, it's a good place to say, amen. The mission will never shift over your life. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11, I want to start there and I want to explain as, as we go because it is so important that we catch the Word of the Lord. There's two ways that faith comes. Faith comes by the hearing of the Word of the Lord and that causes faith. And secondly, is by prayer. Praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude 1, verses number 20. But in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11, I want you to see something. I want to read for you the Scripture. It says, I baptize you of water for repentance, but after me, it's John obviously speaking, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want you to note that the Holy Spirit and with fire. Are you there saving fire? We need the fire. Some people, and I, maybe as we say this, I want you to see something here. Is that word baptized? And, and we always, I always want people to underline that word because that word baptized is the, is the word baptizo and it means to be merged or to become one with. So when, when I say the word baptized, it really means we lose you as you gain a new identity. That's why Paul the Apostle says, he says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives inside of me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Then the Bible says, we are called new creation, new creatures, according to Christ Jesus. In other words, we are brand new and we are born from the Spirit as much as we are born from water. Everybody with me? So we have to have a supernatural birth as much as we have a natural birth. Come on, Nicodemus asked Jesus this question in John 3. He says, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus says, no, you misunderstand. He says, you must be born from the Spirit and you must be born from water. Amen. But I, I want us to see here. Uh, please note that there is four baptisms in your Bible. Baptism of repentance, baptism of love, baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism of fire. We have to have the four baptisms in our life. Some Christians have the baptism of repentance. You have to move to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then you have to move to the baptism of fire, which means you become active. And then you have to move to the baptism of love, which is the motivation of the power of God. Come on, can I say that again? The power of God is always present if the motive of the power is present. The motive of the power of God is He loves His people. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2, the Scripture says, For God, because of His great mercy and because of His love, had grace on us. Come on, are you there? But I want you to see what drives grace. It's His love. He's in love of people. Are you there? Then I want us to go on and I, and I just want to share one or two things. Yep, Luke chapter number 3 and verse number 21, and may we never forget these scriptures. And guys that are, that are online, I want to encourage you tonight, take a moment and share uh, the gospel. Get it out to people, especially if you're on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and all the different platforms. Share, tag people in, and spread it. Luke chapter number 3, verse number 21 says this, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Okay, now please listen to me. And as He was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, I, or you are my beloved son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. I want you to see something. I want to read it again. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And, he, and as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form. And the voice came from heaven saying, You are my son in whom I, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I want us to see something here. Jesus gets the baptism of repentance and he doesn't need the baptism of repentance. Can I say that again? Jesus gets the baptism of repentance, but he doesn't need the baptism of repentance because he's sinless. Everybody with me? So if Jesus gets the baptism of repentance, the Son of God, and He doesn't need it, it's because He's modeling something. Everybody there. 
I want you to understand that your relationship with God starts with repentance. Come on guys, are you all good? Before He empowers you, He will clean you. Before you can be a carrier, you have to be holy. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Be sanctified or be clean because I am holy. Are you there? No unclean thing can come to the throne of God. We have to come as clean vessels because we have been sanctified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power, the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody with me. Are you guys okay? So I want us to see something here. Jesus descended, save me, descended. He descended with authority. But what I want, what I want you to note is this, before He began His ministry, He did not do so before He had His own personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Before He began His, His, His ministry, He didn't do it without a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because He received authority for His mission, but He needed power to complete the mission. And the power to complete the mission comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. Come on guys, are you, are you there? So for us to complete the mission, um, you need both power and you need authority. Or you need authority and you have to have power. May I say this, uh, throw up for me Matthew chapter number 7 verse number 21 quickly. We have to understand that signs, wonders and miracles does not mean heaven is home. Say it again. Judas ministered with Jesus. He performed signs, wonders and miracles. But he is definitely not in heaven. So signs, wonders and miracles is not enough to qualify you that you are representing the Father. I'll say it again. Signs, wonders and miracles is not enough to say you are representing the Father. There's something higher than that and it's called obedience to the will of God. The will and the ways of God are two dimensions of God that the Christian has to understand. The will of God is determined through the Word of God the ways of God is determined by walking with God. Because His will and His ways are both separate things, but they are both found in Him. Are you there? So you can determine the will of God, and I spoke about that last week easily, but the ways of God is determined with the Holy Spirit day by day as you walk with God. Because He says, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In other words, as Christians, we must understand His ways. And if I want to quantify that scripture, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. I want you to see something here. Jesus says, not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord. And then uh, let's go on to verse number 22. I want to read that scripture to you. Uh, verse number 22. Verse number 22. Many will say to me in that day, which day? Important question. It is the day that we will need to give an account to the Lord. The Bible says each and every one of us will have to give a factual account of our lives to the Lord. That you find in Romans chapter, uh, in the book of Romans 14, I think. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not, please note that, prophesy in your name and in your name cast out devils and in your name done many miracles or wonderful works. And then, listen to what the Master says, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Please underline that word iniquity. You have to underline, that's a big word. And it's for us a, a word that we have to understand. The word iniquity there means unauthorized by heaven. Say it again. The word iniquity there means unauthorized by heaven. So here is a very important thing that I'm going to say now. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Because remember, when the Lord Jesus Christ came, He came with the authority of the Father. The Father was sending Him on a mission. Come on, anybody with me? Just wave your hand at me if you, just to see that you're alive and doing okay, you're breathing. Then the Bible says that He came with the authority of the Father. He learned obedience through what He suffered. Hebrews chapter number 5. He became a man even though He was God and He walked on this earth as both a man and as God and He emptied Himself of His divinity taking on His humanity and He became reliant on the power of the person of the Holy Spirit and He became reliant on His relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit. Come on, are you there? Because if He did everything that He did as God in the New Testament, then none of us can copy Him. But if He did what He did in the New Testament as the Son of Man, then all of us must copy Him because what He did, what He did was then as a prototype for us to follow. Remember, the Old Testament is God showing us what He can do. The New Testament is God showing us what He can do in a man. I'll say it again. The Old Testament is God showing us what He can do. He can open up the Red Sea. He can take the Jordan River and turn it into blood. He can take uh, dust and He can make it might. He can... Um, he can, do, he can take a prophet and make him run, outrun a chariot. It is God showing us what He can do. New Testament is God showing us what He can do in a man in obedience to Him. Everybody okay? Are you with me? Okay, let's just go there. I just want to smile. I like, I don't know why you're so... I want us to lighten up because we have to understand we have received a mission. But the mission cannot be completed if we just stay one-dimensional. It is authority and power that must be taken from the Father. So authority is something that I get through my relationship with the one that has it. Because He says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When was it given to Him? He came with authority. He received power. Everybody there? So the authority comes by Him who sent Him. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees questioned Him often. They wanted to know, how can you make the claims that you are claiming? How can you say you are the Messiah? Who sent you? And He often would refer them back to that His claims was based on the one that sent Him. He says, my authority is not my own, but the authority that I have has been given to me by the one who sent me. Come on guys, are you there? So it means that our authority is derived by our relationship with authority. Oh no, it's going quiet. Come on guys, this is the basic stuff. I want to get you to a place where you can cast our devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. But I first need to explain to you this stuff because if you don't do this, you're going to do things illegally in the Spirit. You may get it right, but that doesn't mean the Father ticks condoned. Are you there? So Jesus has a relationship with authority. I want you to please see one of Satan's quickest and fastest attempts to get you powerless is to break your relationship with authority. Because he himself has left authority when he left heaven. And the only thing he has is power. And so he can imitate authority but he only has power. He's been fired. He doesn't have authority. It's been removed from him. That's why, for an example, I can prove to you that he doesn't have authority anymore. He only has authority between the ears of the believer. Oh, it's quiet. He only has authority by the ones that receive the authority if they give it back to him. So he doesn't have power. It's been removed from him. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 12, 2 verse number 14 to 15, all the weapons of warfare, He doesn't have weapons of warfare to retaliate with. So if He doesn't have weapons, where does He get weapons? He gets weapons by people that has been weaponized. For our war is not against flesh and blood. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 3, even, even though I walk in the flesh, I do not war in the flesh. Oh, okay. So, Jesus descended with authority. The guys online, just, just throw for me fire emojis, please help me. 
Um, he descended with authority, but he waited for power. So Jesus did nothing before he did not receive a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. He waited for a personal encounter. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And it was in the wilderness that Jesus received the person of the Holy Spirit and He left the wilderness with power. Are you there? The word power there is the word dunamis and it means explosive ability. Let me say it like this. If you're ever in a wilderness season, please exit it with power. Let me quantify it like this. The wilderness season that God allows us to go through is nothing but an invitation to greater power. Because it's an invitation to surrender. So when we go through seasons that it's where our faith needs to endure, it's because He's shaping character that can, can contain hope. Romans chapter number 5 says this, By your patient perseverance you get hope, and this hope does not disappoint. So often what God makes you persevere is to shape your character to be a greater container of hope. Why a greater container of hope? Oh, come on, I'm preaching good. Why a container of hope? Because hope is the substance of things, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The greater capacity you have for hope, the greater faith you can carry. So here's the stuff. Often those that will be entrusted with more are tested more severely. <laughs> come on, are you there? The greatest temptation did not come the way of Jesus when He was hungry on day number three. The tempter came on day 40. Are you there? The devil knows when you're weak. So He's not going to show up when you're strong. He's going to show up when you're weak, when you're tired. That's when the temptation comes. And often the temptation is not to sin uh, like open sin. Often it is the hidden sins of the heart that the, that the devil wants us to commit. The hidden things. Like the thoughts that we entertain against God. Like the thoughts we entertain that is not good. Like the thoughts we entertain that our future is insecure or unknown. Like the thoughts that we entertain that we worry. Because if I ask you how many people worry, most of you will lift your hand. And the reason why you lift your hand is because you have an imagination inside of you. And that imagination can be satanically empowered and it can be heavenly empowered. And if you worry, that means you have just projected a satanic future for yourself. Because what is worry? Worry is void of a future void of faith. No, let me, let me say that slowly. Worry is a future void of faith. What is faith? It is a joyful anticipation of all things work out for my good. Do we always feel joyful? No. But that's why we need more of God. Oh. So this is what I want you to understand. He descended with authority. He waited with power before He could complete the mission. So he did nothing unless he got power. But he wanted his own encounter. I want you to hear something here. You cannot operate under somebody else's encounter. You need your own. How do I know? And there's nothing like a secondary grace. You have to get your own. And all of us, thank be to God, are, are called by God uniquely so you're not like the person sitting next to you you are uniquely called hallelujah but we know this because when Jesus Christ sends out the 12 uh, the, the, the 12 disciples he sends them and the Bible says he deals with Chorazin he deals with Nazareth but he sends them out and they go two by two and as I said this morning I'll say it again nothing in the kingdom of God works on I it works on us we, the language of the kingdom is us. Two, three, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Satan is in the eye. That's why right in the middle of pride is I. Okay, you can post that on Facebook. Um, 
I want you to see, so Jesus completes His mission. Please listen to me. Jesus completes His mission with the Holy Spirit in relationship with authority. And I want you to see that Jesus likens understanding of authority to faith. Because when He comes close to a, to a centurion's home, the centurion sends Him word and says, Lord, we don't want you to come to my house because I am also a man under authority. And I say to this one, come and he comes. And say to that one, goes and he goes. I know whatever you say will be done. And Jesus says this, He says, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. In other words, I've not yet met somebody that understands the delegation of authority like this man. So this man understands that I am a delegate of authority that I present. And whatever he says that has sent me will not come back to me void, but it shall come to pass. So what the man was doing, he was recognizing the outcome before the word was said. He was expressing faith. And Jesus says, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Oh, come on, are you there? So I, I want us to see here something. He then, Jesus then completes the mission. And I want us just to understand this. Jesus completes the mission. This is very important. I'm trying to make this very simple. Jesus completes the mission after three and a half years. I asked the Lord one day uh, in prayer, I said to Him, I said, why three and a half years? So a, it, I think it's a good question. Why just three and a half? Why not five? Why not seven? And He answered me, He said, He said, it's all that it took. Three and a half years, complete the mission. Done. Most of us go... <laughs> through a lifetime of discovering why we are here. Jesus at the age of 12 already knows he's about the Father's business. Are you there? So that when his mom and his dad comes and looking for him, he says, well, how, how can you not know where I'm at? He's like confused why they are confused. Mary and Joseph comes and said, you've made us stress. Let me just paraphrase that. He does not like worry, young barbers yet. And he's like, listen, I was, I'm in church. Where am I supposed to be? I'm always about my father's business. Are you there? He knew his mission. Listen, he has a very strong principle for us. He knew his mission early on in life. Learn something. The farther, the further you want to go. Yes, I just went to American there. The further you want to go, the quicker you must discover your purpose. Oh, it's very true. The further, I'll say that again, the further you want to go, the quicker you must discover your purpose. Your purpose will lead you straight to your potential. Your potential will lead you straight to the principles that you have to apply to get the maximized purpose out of you. And here's the wonderful thing about God's people. Every single one of us that sit here tonight, all of you have a different purpose. That's why God likes all nations in His church. Because all of you add a flavor. All of you add a gift. All of you add a song. All of you add a psalm. That's why Paul the Apostle says, some bring a hymn, some bring a psalm, some can't sing, we know. But everybody brings something. Are you guys okay? So Jesus then completes the mission and here is something that He says, and this is very important. Jesus, prior to Him sending the Holy Spirit, and please I want you to listen carefully to me. Prior to Him sending the Holy Spirit, Jesus lets the disciples function under His power because He sends them. Come on, are you there? Hello, are you there? So Jesus does the sending and He says, go into the cities two by two. Uh, do not take more money, only take this and that. He gives them very specific instructions. He says, heal, cast out devils, raise the dead, freely have received, freely give. That's the instructions. Then he says, whichever home you enter and they receive you, let your peace remain. And then the Bible says this, they come back to him, very happy that the demons are shouting at the name of Jesus. And Jesus makes a statement. He says, don't rejoice because the demons are subject to you in my name. Rather rejoice that your names is written in the book of life. So what he's saying to them, don't be so mindful about lifting the power of a kingdom that is temporary 
rather be mindful that you are in the mind of God for all eternity. In other words, you're saved. Okay, uh, that you'll catch Tuesday. Um, but then he makes a statement, and this is very important. After he ascends to the Father, he tells the disciples, you have to go tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, he tells them, listen guys, I'm going to leave, but as I leave, and after I have left, I'm going to send you a person. And He's going to empower you so that you may fulfill my words to the ends of the earth and you're going to go and do it with Him. And so the Jesus ascends to the Father where He's still at today and the Holy Spirit descends. When the Holy Spirit descends, that is called Pentecost, the birth of the church. Are you there? Because prior to that, it was just the disciples. But when the Holy Spirit comes into a group of people, it becomes the church. And the church, the ecclesia, the called out people, you and I receive a person and His name is the Holy Spirit. And now He becomes the leader. Because prior to that, the disciples were led by Jesus Himself. After the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes the leadership role. And He brings to remembrance everything that Jesus said. Come on, are you there? That's why your Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, Howbeit those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So your sonship is based on what's leading you. Oh, come on, it's better than what you are reacting tonight. Uh, and the, I, I want us to note something here. All authority is given to me, Jesus says, in heaven and on earth. Please note, it's both realms. I'll say it again. He says, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Please note. So if He has all authority, that means somebody has none. Say it again. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says that all authority, not some, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then he makes the statement, and this is what I want us to catch tonight. If we catch anything, you have to catch this. If he has authority in heaven and on earth, then where are we as Christians positioned? As Christians, we are positioned in both realms. Because you are standing on the earth, but you are seated in Christ. Are you there? And I want you to understand this, these two positions. You are seated in Christ because the victory is already guaranteed. But you are standing on the earth because the fight is real. Okay. I want to help everybody out. You don't fight towards victory. You fight from victory. So you're already seated in victory. And now you fight from that position. So let me help theology here. It is not how effective you were. It's how effective He's been. And you now war according to the effective victory of Christ. So let me use an example. If we contend for a, for a sickness, if we contend for a condition, if we contend for poverty to go, if we contend for something that comes from the devil uh, to be removed, what we are contending for is not out of our abilities. We are contending out of the power of the one that has removed it already. And now we are enforcing His victory again. Are you there? And our, our, our lives are called to be loved in obedience to the Father. So we don't need to go and ask the Father on certain matters that He's already spoken about. We know what we need to do. Come on, are you there? And as I was looking at this, the Lord just said this to me. And, and again, I, I want us to, I want to get people filled of the Holy Spirit tonight. So that's where I'm going tonight. Um, 
I want us to see something in. Again, I say, and I just want to say this very quickly, is that the orphan, which is the holy, the, 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 which is Satan, um, I heard somebody say the other day, this Satan, I don't know what that is. He's, he's just Satan. He's an orphan because he doesn't have a home. I'll say it again. Satan is an orphan. He doesn't have a home. He has been kicked out of his home because he rebelled against his home. He rebelled against the king. He rebelled against authority. He rebelled against God. He wanted to be like God and God said, sorry, you're out of here. Are you there? And then the devil, Satan, was thrown out of heaven, out of his home. And from that time, he is trying to invade people's minds, invade people's lives, so that he can have a home with you. And the... Even as you sit here, bona fide Christian, Holy Spirit filled, you can still let your thoughts go to the realm of the Prince of Darkness and you can think like Him. He doesn't know your thoughts, but He can give you thoughts. He doesn't know your future because He's not there. He doesn't know your past because it's under the blood. He only attacks today. Because the Bible says, when the evil day comes, stand. And so what the devil effectively does, he gives you a thought. Because you have creative power. He doesn't have creative power. You have creative power. Because you are made in the image and in the likeness of God. And so whatever the enemy puts into your spirit, you can project to your future. How do you project it? By speaking by declaring, by thinking. And you say, oh, my thoughts are, are not known in the heavens. Incorrect. Jesus is sitting opposite Simon. Simon thinks, if this man knows what type of woman is touching him, surely he will say something. And Jesus answers Simon on his thoughts. He says, Simon, Simon, listen to me. And then he tells him a parable about people being indebted to him. And he then says, you have judged correctly. Then he makes, he makes a, a powerful statement. He says, those that love me much has been forgiven much. I want to say to you something strong tonight. Often when our love for the King dwindles, it's because we have forgotten what He has forgiven us from. Passion is often lost and the body of Christ becomes often lukewarm and people become lukewarm often because they forget what He has saved them from. May I remind you tonight that you are not the holy two shoes that you are now. You were once a rebel. You were once a slave. You were once in rebellion to God. Now meaning that with all good intention. The point is, sometimes we want to be holier than what we are. No, remember that you were saved from. And now you have to become like. Come on, are you guys there? And the point is, we can only become like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's another way. And I thought this interesting as the Lord said this to me, um, that it's interesting that the orphan wants to pull people away from authority. And you know why he wants to pull people away from authority? And I'll, I'll, I'll put this out to you very simple. And the reason why we are seeing people being drawn away from authority is very simple. And maybe I can say just this, this, this statement that He gave me yesterday. Yesterday, I was, as I was spending time with God, the Lord said this to me. Um, he said, you know what? I could have chosen anybody to lead in power church. I could, could have chosen any vessel, but I chose you. I said, why are you saying this? He says, because I want to remind you that I'm the one that placed you in the ministry. And so I want to say to everybody here, if you have a place of authority, please never forget it's been given to you. That means it can be taken from you. Never become familiar with God and allow yourself to go to that space where you think you are, you are entitled to the place that you are. 
No, that's the quickest that he'll take that from you. It's true what I'm saying. Many times people are in authority. They think because they are where they are in life or they've been walking long with God that they can have this place by their good acts. That's, that's the law. It's the quickest he'll move the authority away from you. It's nothing worse than dry Christians. Amen. Okay, let me go on. I, want to, I wanted to say this. The reason why he pulls you away from authority, please listen to me. It's because he does not like submission. Submission means you are valuing somebody else's vision. Say it again. He does not want to be in a submission. He has his own mission. What is his mission? Thank you for asking. I'll answer. Kill still destroy whenever people are not in submission their hearts have moved from authority and what the enemy is getting right in the spirit is something called division because God can only bring his power on the us come on are you there let me help many many homes here right now if Satan breaks the home apart how by coming between husband and wife because if the us goes if the us goes it's very simple he's just divided the house then the blessing of God cannot come because the home is divided oh often the private conversations at home is the things that the Lord listens to and we think he doesn't hear us. No, he hears us. Come on, guys. Are you okay? And so what I want to encourage you tonight with is this, is that the Lord wants to give us the Holy Spirit and power. We have to have both. But, and I'll end of this, and then we'll, we'll pray for, I want to pray for people tonight. I believe that there's a new dimension of the Holy Spirit that has to come upon people. And the Bible says, and I, I found this to be very true, in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 19. I think it's 19 or, or 21. The Bible says, Do not be filled with wine, which leads to dissipation or debauchery. Rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. The point is of the Scripture is this, whatever fills you, controls you. Are you there? Let me say it again. Whatever fills you, controls you. Save me full. Okay? Whatever fills you, controls you. Now I want you to understand something here. The word filling here does not mean to be filled once. It means to be repetitively filled. It means repetitive encounters with the Holy Spirit. Because you are a fountain and not a lake. Okay? And the reason why He wants to give you again and again is because in His mindset, He believes that you are on a mission of giving out. If water stays in any container long enough, it rots. Listen to me. You are not called to contain. You are called to give. Something that, and I'll say this because it's, it's something that I, I don't understand in this finite mind of mine yet. How God wants an earthen vessel to host Him. I'll say it again. How does God, the creator of heaven and earth, how, how does this God actually allow us to host Him? Because we are hosts. Of a person. How, okay. Let me say it like this. How do I know you can host, host um, what is from, from the devil? Let me use just a simple example. Have you ever noticed then when a, purple, a, person, a, purple, a person that is depressed, if they walk into the room, have you seen how they can shift an atmosphere? So they walk in, you're like, ah. Okay, going this side. Hey, why? Because you discern that that person have just shifted an atmosphere. Are you there? Why? They are hosting something. 
What are they hosting? They are hosting thoughts and most likely a devil that is, that is upon them. And as they are hosting that, that is not from God. And by the way, depression is, um, no, let me just not go there. The, the point is very simple. You can host God or you can host worry. You can host the supernatural or you can host concern. You can host uh, somebody's healing or you can host bitterness. Whatever you hold on to, you're hosting. Come on guys, are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? And so God wants us to host Him and that's why I'm saying it is for me a supernatural thought that God would allow us to host Him. Come on, the humility of God. Let me just throw this out. This is a thought, how big this God is that we serve. This God that we serve is so massive that the universe that is created is still unknown to us. So in all our cleverness, we have still not discovered the bigness of what He's done. Now this God that has done all of this has decided to dwell in you and in me. This God is so massive that He counts the hair on your head. This God is so massive that He catches all your tears. That's in the Bible. And He collects them. I think He has more for some than others. This God can listen to millions of people praying simultaneously. This God can listen to millions of people simultaneously and answer them individually. He's massive. And yet He wants to dwell in us. That's ridiculous. Yet it's true. So that means He has a global mindset. What is the mindset? Go into all the world. And what I said this morning is more true for me tonight. The 12 disciples says, yes. They have got no planes. They've got no airplanes. They've got no transportation. They don't even have proper boats. These boys say yes to an impossible mission. Come on, think of me. And this is what's my thought this afternoon as I prayed about it. The only way I can, the, the only way I can think how these disciples are actually saying yes to Him is because the, the Lord has enlarged the, the, the mindset so much that they believe all things are possible. So they actually say yes to an impossible mission. Come on, are you there? And what's more amazing for me as they, and I'll leave you with this thought and then we pray. As they, as they are going out on this mission, go into all the world, this impossible, ridiculous, scandalous message, go into all the world. As they are busy going, they don't find people clapping hands for them and saying, we're happy you came. They find opposition great opposition and here's what they do they come back into a room again and they don't pray the prayer Lord take us out they say give us more power that we can go back in in other words they, they start to understand listen anything is possible if we keep Him with us so Lord, don't take the pain away. Just leave us in the pain, but give us greater power. And God answers that prayer. He shakes the room for them. And He fills them with the Holy Spirit again. <laughs> and they demonstrate greater power. I believe, and, and I, I want to challenge you with this. Often in times of great discontent, I'm challenged with this thought. How will I ever be able to say we have given up if there's men of faith that were sown into and they never quit. Amen. Jeremiah sown into. Daniel left with the lions. Joseph thrown into the pit. Jeremiah, shame, God's calling on his life was horrible. He was the weeping prophet, the lamenting prophet. Are you there? God called him in a time that everybody was godless. Come on, are you there? But he stayed faithful. 
And yet in all of these great men of faith that, we, that we, the Bible tells us about, you know what I love about the Word of the Lord, placing these men into the Bible? The Bible tells us about their imperfections as much as their victories. It tells you about, <laughs> it tells you about an Abraham that lies, but yet he's the father of the faith. It tells you about the David that has a problem with women, yet he is a man after God's heart. It tells you about a Moses that is also a liar, but God calls him a leader to go and lead out his people. It tells you about a Jacob, which is a swindler, yet God calls him Israel. It tells you about a Simon that oh, has a big mouth, but not a big heart, because every time that he, he actually says he will do something, he runs. And it tells you about these imperfect people used by a perfect God. You know why? Because it wants us to understand that in our humanity, we need divinity. We need Him. Oh, hallelujah. Give Jesus just some praise, please. And I've said all of that. I don't want to be like the cook that, that stays in the kitchen all too long. I, I want you to understand just this. The favor of heaven. If you ever want to know how much you are favored by heaven, look what you are purchased by. Say that again. If you ever want to know your worth, if you ever want to know how much favor you carry, you only look to what has bought you. How do I know? Let me make it simple for you. If I, if you go, if I go into Mr. Price, and I don't like Mr. Price, I buy nothing there. If, if you, if you give me a shirt of nine rand ninety-nine, I'm gonna look at you weird. I may say to you, I appreciate your heart very much, uh, but I won't wear it. And you know why? Because I don't like that. Come on, smile. Don't be so religious. I know my worth. Okay, before, let me just help all you religious people here. Listen, you don't, you don't gamble over a, a, a garment that means that it's worth nothing. Why will, they, why will, why will Roman soldiers throw, uh, throw, roll the dice for something at worth? No, Jesus had a nice coat. Okay. Uh, okay, let me, let me go one step further. He doesn't say, go into that town and that donkey that 50 people has ridden, bring that one here. No, he has a, a, a brand new mentality. He says, that donkey that nobody's ridden, bring that one. Okay, so if you want to have the second hand donkeys, God bless you. But the point is, don't settle for less than what the king has purchased you by. So if He purchased your freedom, don't settle for being bound. If He purchased your healing, don't settle for anything else. No, settle for what He purchased you for. Are you, are you there? Come on, He purchased you. And so because you have been bought by the blood of the Lamb, what are you worth? The blood of the Lamb. Come on, does, does it make sense to you? So this is what the enemy does, and I'll, I'll close with this, and then I'm going to make an invitation. Satan tries to re reform you according to what happens to you and he gives you a new name because he knows if you take on what has happened to you you will shape a new future for yourself because you identify with it so you say my divorce my breakup is it true? No, it's what, is, what has happened to you should not become you. What has happened to you, you must journey through. Let me help you. Everybody that's in the room, if you have lost a loved one, I want you to know they're not lost. It's terminology we use with a... a a mindset void of eternity because Jesus lose nobody if they know the Lord they're not lost they're just on the other side of the curtain this curtain is thin 
It's a sin curtain. If you spend enough time with Him, there'll be times that you can peek through the curtain. It's very thin, guys. That's where in the body with the Lord, away from the body with the Lord. It's like that. Come on, are you guys there? I've said everything that I said tonight for this one single purpose, to get inside of you and everybody that is online, to get inside of you a new hunger and a new thirst that you will say, but I want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Because a fire is so important because a fire has got a personality. And here's the thing about a fire. If you put a fire in brush, in brushwood, you don't need to put it time and time again there. As soon as you put a fire there, it runs. So your job, my job is to light the world ablaze with the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we can do that effectively, we need the person of the Holy Spirit. Come on guys, are you there? That's why in any atmosphere, I'll contend for His presence. Why? Because if He's here, all things become possible. And so tonight, it's, it's simple. I, I want us to respond. And it is a response of faith tonight and to say, um, to say, Lord, fill me again. Fill me refreshed, fill me anew. And I, and I felt tonight the Lord wants to do this corporately and, I, and I'll prophesy as, as I feel led, but I, I felt the Lord wants to do it corporately again and fill people and fill you to overflow. Come on guys, are you there? Uh, a cup is not measured by what it contains. A cup is measured by what flows out of it. It's rivers of living life. Rivers of water. Come on, are you, are you there? Save me us. God wants to establish that in your life. That you, I have, let me say it like this, I'll, I'll end of this. And uh, worship team, you can come. I'll end of this that you understand. Yes, Lord. And this is very, very important. Heaven is never out of, heaven is never out of order. Let me say that quickly again. I want you to catch this. Heaven is never out of agreement. The Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit is never out of agreement. And they're always, they are always in agreement. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit doesn't need to call meetings the whole time to be in agreement. They are always in agreement. It is earth that needs to come into agreement with heaven. What is God's pattern to get people on earth in, in unity? What is His pattern? Answer, the person of the Holy Spirit. Because He knows as you sit here, you have different personalities. You have different mindsets. You have got different thoughts of thinking. You've got different backgrounds of education. You've got different gifts. And the only person that can unify you is the Holy Spirit. It's, it's true what I'm saying. That is why I'm, I'm telling you, if void of the Holy Spirit, we just have our opinions. And that's the dangerous part. My opinion versus your opinion. Who's right? Nobody. I'll say it again. Your opinion versus my opinion, nobody's right. It's what the Holy Spirit unifies us around. And He can only, listen to me, He can only unify us around the Scripture. Because that's His task. He cannot unify us around your revelation. That's why, how do we know if the Holy Spirit is in something? If the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit can unify it heart around something, you know He's in it. If He's not in that, and everybody's like, yes, is this God? Is this not God? Holy Spirit's not there. Come on, guys. Are you there? Give Jesus a praise offering. Listen, I don't know. They tend to, come on, play a song there, something. I want, I want us to stand for a moment as everybody in the building. And everybody online, and there we are, I want you just to lift your hands to God. Come on. I want us to ask the Lord tonight corporately. I have a sense that tonight that the Lord wants to touch all of you corporately, and, and then I'll, I'll make a call individually. But I, I feel tonight that, and of the people that is online with us tonight as well, that can you lift your hands in church tonight, everybody that is here, and can we ask the Lord corporately tonight for fresh infilling? Come on, guys. We can ask Him. He can, he can touch all of you. 
I want to say something just before we ask the Lord. And please listen to me very strongly. I'm going to help a lot of people right now. The measure to what He fills you is not often explained by what you feel. Okay, let me use a plain language. Sometimes we lay hands on people and they shake and they fall. Other times we lay hands on people and they scream. Other times people do nothing. Reaction does not quantify, quantify the measure of the filling. Because you're not receiving something, you are receiving someone. I've had many people, and the reason why I'm saying that is because all of you are going to respond differently in a few moments from now. I've had many people that fall under condemnation. They say, I never feel Him. That means I'm not a son of God. I'm not a daughter. It's no, it's not about what you feel. He's filled you. How? By faith. What is faith? Can you see faith? No. What is faith? You believe it. Are you there? First time somebody prayed for me, I felt Zippo. Second time I, I stood in that line, I remember I was a small boy. I said, please God, if this is you, touch me. And then I know it's you that touched me. And all I remember, I woke up there five meters away. So I knew it was Him that touched me. And so tonight, all I want you to do is to ask Him to come to you. He doesn't need to come to the person next to you. He comes to you. Because He wants to fill you. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Are you there? And then we'll flow of the Holy Spirit. Everybody that's online, uh, pick up your hands. I see Nomsa, you're commenting too much on YouTube. Comment less, please. Um, everybody, lift your hands. I'm teasing, by the way. <laughs> lift your hands to the Lord. I want us to ask the Lord, Lord Holy Spirit. Father, I want to thank you tonight. Lord, I just want to start off with Thanksgiving right now. Father, I want to thank you that in this moment, Lord Jesus, that we can ask you for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit and with fire. Lord, come and fill this room, Lord. Come and fill the people that are here in Jesus' name. And I don't want to pray just for you right now. I want you to pray for yourself right now where you are. Come on, as you are here, come on, just start to ask the Lord. There we are. If you want to pray out loud, if you want to ask Him yourself, Come on, there we are. I want you just to cry out to Him yourself. Let the hunger, let the hunger reach the Lord. Come on, everybody. There we are. Come on, just ask Him. Ask Him. If you want to pray in tongues, pray so. Everybody that's online, do the same. Come on, ask Him. Say, fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord.